Welcome to Building Better Businesses. I'm Kristen Dees, founder of Catalyst Consulting, an agency that helps small businesses and entrepreneurs start, grow, and level up their businesses. This podcast will bring you interviews with experts in all things business related. Have questions for a business attorney? We've got answers. How about your health insurance? Got you covered there too. New episodes coming your way every week. Find us on the podcasting platform of your choice. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Building Better Businesses with Catalyst Consulting. My guest today is Jennifer Wheeler. She is a coach, um, to put it lightly, um, with kind of a different twist. So I'm pretty excited to have you on here. Um, Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit about you as a human being. Who are you and where are you from? Well, I am Jennifer Wheeler. I am originally from Georgia. I was I grew up in the Macon area of Georgia, and I now live in Austin. We've been in Austin, Texas for, gosh, almost 14 years. I am a wife to Kurt. We've been together for 31 years, married for 26. So I'm proud of that accomplishment. I also have a 23-year-old son, so I am a mom of an adult child, which is super weird, but... <laughs> it's better than, you know, wiping baby booties so we can actually have conversations. And it's actually nicer than I thought it might be. Um, Nice. So, you know, I live in a small, well, it's not a small town. It's a suburb of Austin. Um, And gosh, what else? I love to read. I like to go listen to music. Um, I like to binge watch crime shows and listen to murder podcasts. I'm all into the true crime <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I mean, in, in a year in a pandemic, it's been hard to like <laughs> not just go vegetate by listening and watching and, and all of that. So, right. um, so yeah, I have a, I have a younger sister. Good grief. I guess I'm, I guess I'm most of the things that a girl can be. Aunt, yeah. daughter, sister, <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. There's probably more that I'm unaware of, but um, yeah, yeah. I like uh, to go camping. You know, I don't know. I guess I just like to do. I'm introverted, which you won't necessarily believe by this podcast because I like to talk and I like to be chatty. But when I'm done with that, I like to go. You know, sit around and watch true crime shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. Uh, I like to say I'm an introvert that's pretty good at pretending to be an extrovert and. People keep telling me that I'm an ambivert or an omnivert or whatever, but I'm like, mm, no, my soul is still an introvert. Like there's, uh, I get social anxiety. I don't enjoy those kinds of situations all the time. I can just uh, do what I need to do. So yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and then curl up those... in the fetal position. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm totally an introvert too. And people don't believe it because um, when I was growing up, my dad was a pastor. And so my whole family would have to go stand at the back door of the church and shake hands with people and talk to them and stuff. And, you know, I never wanted to do that, but I had to, I had to force mm-hmm. myself past it. And so I learned how to be extroverted, but it is not my chosen path. It is not what I excel at. I mean, I'm happy to talk to people, but let's talk about something that matters. It's meaningful. That's not just chit chat in the weather. All that makes me tired. Um, so yeah, I, I say to people, I'm a I'm an introvert, but I can play an extrovert on TV, like whatever that mm-hmm. used to think. Like, I'm not a doctor, but I play one on TV. I'm not yeah. an extrovert, yeah. but I play one in life occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Same not here. about big crowds. Yeah. I'm also only four eleven, so when I'm in big crowds, it, like it blocks my view, and sometimes it fits close. I can't necessarily breathe, so I'm not a fan of crowds. You know, you'll find me in the back. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of chilling and observing. Uh, but if you want to know about things I like to do and things I'm passionate about, I can talk your ear off. <laughs> yeah, I just need a nap afterward. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's why I say I curl up fetal, read a book for a while. I'm okay. I can come yeah, back yeah. out. Yep. Yeah. Come back out to play again. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do on the work side of things, how you provide support for business owners and entrepreneurs. So I teach badass female business owners, how to use joy as a business strategy so they can avoid or eliminate some of that chronic stress that leads to burnout. So I'm all about helping people move from overworked 
to overjoyed, right? Because as, you know, as business owners, we are not taught how to be entrepreneurs. Like I never got any kind of training. It was never even a thing that was ever talked about, you know, as far as like having your own business, being an entrepreneur, there's so much to figure out that it's very easy to lose your mind and not know where to focus, not know where to put your energy or feel like you're doing so many things that it is like that proverbial hamster wheel, like you're just kind of stuck and, and you don't know what to do. So um, I guess two years ago, I participated in a program called the Joy Money Matrix. And it's kind of like this Marie, it's almost like Marie Kondo for your tasks and activities where you just dump it all out and analyze it and figure out what brings you joy, what doesn't. And it was really life changing for me. So I became a licensed facilitator and I've integrated it into the other trainings and e-learnings that I put together. And basically it's my foundational program. So it, it really, it just really helps people kind of get clear on where they want to focus their attention. What, what are their strengths, their areas of genius. So that's what I do for people. And it's all e-learning. So there's no, it meets you where you are. Um, that's the other thing I found that was frustrating. You know, you might want to know this one thing, but you've got to get into a program. They want to, you know, you've got to get into this six month program or this long thing. And I know those have tons of value. Um, and I've, received value from programs like that. But um, I really want to give something where, that meets people where they are, that allows them to have more control of their learning and when and where and how. And it's not all some hours and hours and hours on watching videos and things like that. So I've really redesigned everything so it's more streamlined, easier to access, um, more about meeting your own needs where you are. So that's that's basically how I do things. Nice. So do you do any one-on-one -on -one coaching and stuff or is it just all like mostly the e-learning stuff? It's predominantly e-learning. I do provide within the e-learning um, opportunity to schedule like a master. We call it a master hive session. So you can join a group of people who are doing your same course and mm. ask questions, kind of use it to brainstorm ideas, get feedback on things you might be working on. And then, of course, if you wanted to book time with me individually, you can. But one of the things that frustrated me about some programs is that I didn't always have time for the group call. It wasn't, you know, you know, it's on a Friday at noon. Well, OK, I already have something and I could never make it. So I decided to offer group calls and individual calls that you can schedule when it works for you. <laughs> like, here's some time slots. Pick one because it's annoying. It's frustrating. It's like you can't get everything out of it that you want because you have to adapt yourself to the program. And I would rather create a program that people can kind of adapt to themselves. Does that, I don't know. I hope that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Cause I mean, even for me, like I'm uh, kind of working on some stuff too and just outlining just for myself, like, Hey, when am I going to do these things? When am I going to have the calls? I'm like, Oh God, it's another like weekly commitment kind of situation. So that's kind of cool that the flexibility is a cool right. option. Yeah. So there's mm -hmm. no weekly commitment. Right. Mm -hmm. I will offer these Master Hive sessions three or four times, but probably once. Well, we often about once a week. So pick one. And if mm -hmm. you get on there and you say, gosh, I really want to do this, but this doesn't work. I might schedule one just for you and invite other people and we can have a group. I mean, I, I just like it to be flexible and easier because I think it's important. Not that other people's programs aren't important. I don't, I don't want to imply that. I just... It, this has been so life changing for me that I want people to have that same opportunity without it being a colossal pain in the butt and more one more thing. Right. Because so often we sign up for courses and then it feels like one more thing. And so you don't do it or you do half of it. And I, I really want to make a product and a service that is just easier to access when mm -hmm. it's convenient for you. And, um, you know, as coaches, we've been taught or I've been taught both ways, be real flexible, but or, you know, make it work for you. So I've kind of created a combo. It works for me <laughs> and hopefully it should work for the people who want to access it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, good. that's how I do mine. I'm like, well, this is how my brain works. And well, yeah, because I some mean, people just, like it and some people don't. That's fine. <laughs> and that's OK, right? Because yeah. I think as business owners, part of the joy 
is creating our own schedules, our own flexibility, the way we want to be. That's why we left these structured, stiff, corporate. I mean, I was a teacher. You talk about structure. You can't even go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to create, I just wanted to create something that was just a little bit more, had a little more flow for people. And it wasn't so, if you don't do this, you will fail. Cause yeah. that's BS. Yeah. I don't love uh, the like fear as a marketing technique either. Like if you don't do my program, then you'll never be successful. That kind of crap just makes no, me mad. I'm that. like, this is not, it's not true. Like plenty of people have done no. it. Like, so Jeff Bezos didn't take your program. Okay. Like, I think he's fine. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Elon yeah. Musk did not learn about joy. Well, right. okay. He's still like, successful. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. if that's how you define success. If right? that's how you define it. Yeah. He's a floppity billionaire. So yeah. Yeah. Fine. Which is <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, I just, I just want to help people like, you know, change their mindset and break away from some of the, I'm just going to say screwed up advice that we have gotten from society about not only how we need to be in the world as women, but how we need to be in the world as female entrepreneurs. We're not men. We don't think like that. We don't have to, we don't have to accept that kind of more male dominated energy, right? In marketing and sales and how we run our businesses. It's okay to be exactly who you are. Mm -hmm. And that is far more joyful than trying to spend time being someone else. Yeah, for sure. So you touched on a little bit, but what's your, what was your background? You said you were a teacher. So how did you end up um, here from there? So I was a teacher. Um, In fact, I've had an interesting career journey. I was, I started out, got a degree in teaching. And at that particular time and where I lived, it was really hard to find a teaching job. And you know how frustrating it is when you've just graduated from college and people say, oh, we can't hire you because you don't have any experience but yet no one will hire you so you can get experience. And that's, that was where I found myself in the teaching field. It was just oversaturated with new graduates and young teachers. So I, I just could never seem to get a break no matter what I did. And I took a job in an office and began managing a commercial office property. And that evolved into, that's really where I began to learn about business because it was a, a it was a small business, I guess you would say, um, but we managed commercial office properties. So that's what I did. I, I joke around and call it adult babysitting. But, you know, that, you take care of the building. You take care of the people. And once I had a kid, that 24-7 job, like, you know, if something happens, a fire alarm goes off, they're going to call you. I couldn't do that. Not with a baby. I can't leave in the middle of the night to go to the building. So I took another job in a small business where he was in daycare. And that is where I learned so much. I did all the administration, created their structure, all of their manuals, all the processes, everything. I just documented and created manuals by everything and did all the bookkeeping, blah, blah, blah. Well, then my son got older and I decided to go back to teaching. And then I taught for about 10, 12 years until I got burnt out. I was so burnt out. I could not even function. And I left that and did all kinds of little part-time jobs, accounting, bookkeeping. I had learned that from the daycare and and from the property. So anyway, I just evolved and evolved and evolved. And I decided to use my teaching skills to create learning opportunities for adults. I'd done it for fourth grade and second grade and elementaries for so long. Um, Then I got into teaching adults and found a lot of joy in that. So Yeah, all of that has brought me to where I am. All my experience with teaching, with helping small businesses get established, grow, you know, implement their structure. And I just thought, you know what, I can do this for myself. So I've created my e-learning academy. I've helped people create structure in their businesses. (laughs) You know, it's all about joy and um, using it to guide you to make decisions that will help you reach your goals. Nice. Yeah. I think it's great. Yep. I think it's kind of, you know, finding something that works for you and then being like, oh, I think other people would probably benefit from this. Like that's kind of, that's the fun part, I think. Um, It is. It is the fun part. I mean, for me, for me, it's a place I I never considered myself to be a creative person because so often creativity is connected to music or art or something like that. And I don't make music and I make art for myself. 
but it gives me an outlet to be creative. Like I can think of things. I can put it into place. I can figure out how to take it from just an idea into something that you can actually touch, feel, see, engage in. And that's really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you don't always, you don't always mm-hmm. get that, right? I never felt like that in, in corporate, nor did I. I mean, I felt that way sometimes with teaching. But again, it's so structured. You are told what you have to do. And as an entrepreneur, we are told what we should do. But ultimately, we get to decide what we have to do, what mm-hmm. we want to do, what we are going to do. And so I'm, I'm a big believer in don't should all over yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't do that. Like, stop doing that, because what I should do and what you should do are entirely two different things. Yeah. Yeah. I know that still gets me sometimes, too, is just being like, oh, well, this other person is doing X, Y or Z. And I'm like, man, I don't really care. I don't no, want to do that. So, um, but yeah, it takes a little while. So, uh, tell us about joyful badassery and what that means. Okay. I am huge. Oh yeah. I'm all about some joyful badassery. So (laughs) part of my journey, like I said, it evolving from this, that, and the other, I made a card game and the purpose of the card game was to help people get connected to their intuition. And it was called, it is called the soul spa. So at that time I was the soulful badass and when I discovered the joy and learned how to use joy, I'm like, oh, joy is the deal, man. I got to have more joy. So I've changed my name to the Joyful Badass. And Joyful Badassery is basically just knowing what brings you joy, knowing your joyful zone of genius, that magic place where you are using your gift, skills, and talents and making money. And badassery is your gift, skills, and talents. So you partner your joy with your badassery, and you're basically unstoppable. Mm-hmm. So okay. badassery is just what makes you who you are, right? We think badassery means I have a lot of tattoos or I ride a motorcycle, you know, some of those sort of just things we might think of. Um, but like Wonder Woman, she's totally badass, but she's not violent. She's not mean. She's not dangerous. She's very kind. She's very compassionate. And she has these amazing skills. And I think every person who is in the world, and especially those who start businesses, are extremely badass. You cannot do this if you don't have a good, con- you know, if you're not using your gifts, skills, and talents. But to me, that's mm-hmm. badassery. And then joy, nice. you know, you throw that in there, the stuff that lights you up, the stuff you want to just rush out of bed to do. Um, yeah, it's like magic. Mm-hmm. It feels yeah, like I, magic. Yeah. Um, that's been part of the like evolution for me too, is the, continuing to v- to keep to keep driving more towards um things I want to do and the things that bring me joy because I feel like what the hell's the point in life if you're not trying to do things that make you happy um so I know it's a and sometimes it changes like sometimes I'll do something for a while and I'm like oh okay so I don't like these pieces but if I shift these things around or maybe I bring in some more of this or maybe I get help for certain um pieces of things, you know, different projects or whatever, the things that I don't enjoy, like details, um, then uh, it frees me up to continue doing more, like podcasting. I really enjoy this. I enjoy the um, interviews and getting to know people. I've learned a ton of stuff over the last, I don't know how long I've been doing this, like six months or something like that. Um, So it's really cool. I don't enjoy the details of putting it all together, but other people do that for me. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you've basically described the beauty of the joy money micro, which is you figure out and it's trial and error to some degree, right? Especially as a business owner, you just, when I first started, I did everything because I didn't have a whole lot of money to invest. And so I just was like trying to DIY everything. I'm like, I'm a teacher. I can learn stuff Mm -hmm. just because I can doesn't mean I want to, nor should I. Because to be an expert takes a long time. I can learn all day long about marketing, but I'm never going to be an expert. I got to mm-hmm. hire an expert. <laughs> like, yeah. But you figure this out. You just kind of have to start kind of figuring it out and trying things. You know, and I think that's how joy becomes a business strategy, right? You know where your zone of genius is. So just using your example, If you discover that you really enjoy podcasting, but you don't love the details, you farm that out, right? Or if you 
or you figure out how to do it in a way that is more joyful if it's not possible to farm it out, right? We we say, oh, farm it out. But, you know, for some people, maybe that's not quite where they are. They 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 were not quite ready to farm it out. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. It could be financial. It could just be it's difficult to let control go. You know, that's something that I struggled with, just asking for help and trusting that other people could see my vision. But what I learned is I have to really be able to articulate what I need and I have to do better at explaining things and documenting it, creating those processes and structure that I can then hand over to someone and say, yeah, we need to do it like this. So that's kind of how I came about it. I'm I, like, I do this process and like I found all these things that I didn't like to do. And I, so I wasn't doing them. I was either doing them poorly or not doing them at all. And mm-hmm. some of them were necessary to move my business forward or or, I've, or or I would find myself like working on my website for three or four hours, which means I can't write curriculum. Right. So if you're all dug down into the details, you can't be interviewing people on podcasts. Mm-hmm. Right. You're not doing what makes you joyful, nor are you really growing your business if you're stuck in all the details when really it would be better for you financially and joyfully to be doing the podcast. And you can't farm that out necessarily. It's like me with the curriculum. I can't farm it out. I can't farm out curriculum writing. I mean, I guess I could, but but I don't because it's in my head. I, I, I have to be the one to put it down. So I shouldn't spend hours on my own website. I can farm that out so then I can focus on the curriculum pieces or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, that's how I use Joy as a business strategy. I use it to determine what I'm going to get involved in, you know, because... Part of what we have to deal with is that whole hustle and grind mentality. And it's hard to break out of it, right? Because that's how we're, that's, that's what we're told to do. It's all embedded in our subconscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, and that's especially like you were kind of talking about earlier too, is the things that everyone else does. And it's such a huge part of, um, entrepreneur culture, like, you know, have multiple lines of income, multiple sources, whatever, like that. It's just like, you don't have to do that. You can do things that, um, you enjoy and that bring you passion and that you're good at and the world appreciates. It's like, you don't have to work 80 hours a week or a hundred hours a week for three years to do whatever the, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like there's different ways to do it that it's too much. And I think people get discouraged. Well, yeah, because, you know, the whole definition of hustle is kind of like taking advantage of every opportunity, right? It's like everything that's out there, you got to do it. It's busy movement. It's like hustle actually is forceful acts of persuasion almost. Like hustle is like, there's no air to breathe. And grinding, good grief, the definition of grinding is like, breaking something into a powder. I did not start a business <laughs> to become powder-like, right? I don't want you just to <laughs> me out into the world. I want to be solid. So yeah, that whole hustle and grind thing, it's just, it. I guess it has a place for some people, but it has taken me finding joy to really understand that that kind of mentality is not serving. It's not, it doesn't serve me. It's, it's way too stressful. Um, it creates too much pr- pressure. It's mm-hmm. so pressure filled. And that's not why I started a business. I was already in a really high pressured, you know, high stakes environment when I was teaching. So boo, who wants more pressure and more frustration? And I don't know. I just feel like I started a business to be in control of my own life, to have freedom. And um, it makes no sense for me to put myself back into a cage Mm-hmm. But it just it makes no sense to me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, like you were saying too, like some people are into that. They, they enjoy that. They get um, energy from it. And by sure. all means, then go to town, you know, <laughs> like exactly. that's the whole yeah, yeah. difference right. is, but the people who don't feel that way don't have to, and you're not defective. There's nothing wrong with you because you're not like, why am I not working a hundred hours a week? Like, right. It's There's okay. nothing Yep. No, nothing wrong with you. Now, I haven't quite gotten myself down to the four-hour work week, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, I do. Yeah. 
I do probably work like just three days a week. I try not to have too much on Monday and I try not to have anything on Friday that's work related. Mm-hmm. Um, but that just means I have to, I do have to focus and I do have to be organized and efficient Tuesday through Thursday. Um, but I'm still not going to hustle and I'm still not going to grind. I'm still going to go with grace and know that I'm going to get as much done as I can. And some days there's going to be a lot done. And some days I might just decide I'm going to watch Netflix and that's just what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I've had to work really hard in this pandemic to get more comfortable with that concept, right? Like it's okay if I don't kill myself in a day, <laughs> it's okay if I don't sit down for five hours and write nothing but articles. It's, it's okay. And so, yeah, I just want other people to understand and feel like, they can be who they are in their businesses and not just like their authentic self, like when they're meeting with clients and things, but what is your best work style? I don't, I don't work well in the morning. I don't schedule things early in the morning. I'm a much, I'm much more productive from like one to four in the afternoon. Mm. Super productive from about one to four. Cause it takes me a long time to wake up. I don't want to talk to people first thing, you know, I've, I've kind of got to get into the world and, so that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't, I don't get too mad unless it's one o'clock and over four o'clock and I've done nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, all I've done all day yeah. was like sit in the tub and listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. You know, but if I'm, yeah. if that's what's happening before about noon. I'm okay with it, but you know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, do you think there's a difference between joy and happiness? Absolutely. Because joy is internal. Joy is far more permanent because it's yours. It belongs to you. You own it. You decided it. You created it for yourself. But happiness is temporary because it comes from situations, right? It's, it's other, it's things you can't, happiness comes from places that you can't necessarily control, right? And happiness is fairly temporary, Whereas joy can be seen even in the most difficult times, in the hardest places, you can still find joy, even if you're not happy. Because, you know, stuff okay. still happens. We, we talk about joy, but it's not like life becomes magically perfect because you found what brings you joy and you're working in that more than you're not. You know, life is still shitty and it's still going to, you know, you're still going to have unexpected things and and awful things that happen to you. Um, so yeah, I think happiness is very, it's not fleeting. It's just not permanent. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about your own self. Feel, you know, you feel so happy. Everything is so great. You're just feeling so good. And then, you know, the dog poops on the floor. Okay. Well now your happiness is interrupted because now you have to go clean up poop. You could still yeah. be joyful. You might not be happy. Right. But you can still be joyful. So I know it seems complicated, maybe, but I don't know. I just think happiness is worth pursuing. But joy is just so much more. It's like so much more robust. Happiness is almost to me like when I think about happiness, it's kind of like. Like a like a fabric that's really sheer. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a little fabric is like tool, like fabric or feather. But joy is much more solid. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's right there for you. Well, it's kind of like the concept of choosing gratitude, you know, like you can choose to be grateful um, even when bad things are happening because Correct. it's, a, that's the mindset thing, you know, it's like, okay, well maybe things are rough right now um, for whatever reason, you know, something terrible happened as things do, right. <laughs> but as they I can still be do. grateful for, yeah, as they always do, no matter how hard you try not to, uh, yeah. So I think to me, it's, it sounds kind of like a, a similar concept there too. Like things can still be tough and you can still have an attitude of gratitude. You can still right. um, approach life with joy. And um, those are the things too that I, I feel like help, help get you through it. Like if you just yeah. are just in it, like, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes you just got to wallow and like, sometimes you got to feel your feelings and you got to be sad and just, it's like, this is terrible and nothing uh, like whatever, you know, <laughs> like rail at the universe. That's totally fine. But then at some point pull yourself up and go, okay, all right. Like 
this is okay. I'll be okay. These are the things that I have to be grateful for. These are the things that I still um, am thankful for in life, whatever. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it yeah. helps to get you, get you through. Um, I totally agree. I totally agree because so. yeah, because you totally can. And I'm with you. I wallow. I do wallow, but I try to give myself mm-hmm. a time frame. I mean, you know, I mean, grief and things. I mean, it takes a long time, but you know, there are days I'm just like, okay, this is a day I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to wallow. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to overthink it. I'm going to do whatever with it. And then in the midst of it, I still know I have joy and I still know that I have gratitude and things to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're kind of like little life rafts, you know, like mm. when you're feeling really disconnected or, or your anchor feels like it's not there, joy, life raft. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, fancy boat that has, you know, cold drinks. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't a know DJ, a <laughs> DJ dance party. Yeah. You know, maybe like, you know, Chris Hemsworth is on that boat. I don't sure. Know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, right. Man. Yeah. Uh, that's right. So what everyone has different versions of their life rafts. Originally, I was thinking the image that actually popped into my head is like almost like a little like floating candle or something like, you know, a little candle floating in the darkness. It's like, yeah, hey, look, totally. there's still. But Chris Hemsworth is fine. <laughs> yeah, can we put him on? Yeah. He just floats on by. It's like, what up? Um, yeah, that's what anyway. I'm going to say. Hey, dark anchor, dude, I'm coming there. Yeah. <laughs> coming to join the dance party. Um, exactly. Avengers assemble. Um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about living above and below the joy line. So part of the process, or, or if you, if you chose to participate in the joy money micro, I always, or you get a whole bunch of stuff. So it's not just a digital access to a course. It's also, you receive this kit because, you know, if you're going to do stuff at home, you need some supplies you need mm-hmm. some materials. So when I say above and below the joy line, it kind of re- refers to um, a part of the process, which is like this big board. So it's like a big, huge piece of paper divided with a big line in the middle. And so as we're analyzing all these tasks and activities and actions that we're taking on a regular basis, we're putting them either above the joy line. So there is joy in this task right for me. Or it goes below the joy line in there's the categories go a little deeper, but technically speaking, above and below. So if it's joyful, it's above. If it's not joyful, it's below. And everything that's below are the things that you may need to look at to dump, delegate or redesign. Right. Because sometimes we do things and we don't actually need to keep doing it. We just don't realize that we could truly just eliminate that task. Um. Or we dump it, right? We dele- oh, Sorry, that was dump. Delegate it. If you have an assistant, you have a staff, you have people, you have contractors or freelancers that you use, you could delegate it. And then redesigning it is basically saying, how can I make this task more palatable? Like, I'm the only person who can actually do it. So what could I do to make it more joyful or more... Well, I guess joyful would be fun, like whatever, right? Because some of the stuff we need to do, it just stinks. It's not fun. It's just not fun. But it has to be done. And sometimes it has to be done by you as the business owner. Mm -hmm. And that's why we, then that's how we redesign. And we just look at different ways to create schedules or create to-do lists or to-done lists or however, however you like to organize your days and activities, um, but in the kit, you get a bonus, which is called the Rituals and Rewards Workbook. And that bonus workbook does help you redesign those tasks. So it's kind of a way to put some ritual around it. Um, you know, kind of just creating a process for yourself when you know you need to get into a task that may not be joyful. And then absolutely reward yourself, right? You know, we've talked about a lot of things that we like to do. So some days I give myself grace and I just do whatever. And then other days I'm like, okay, I got to get this done. So when I'm finished, I'm going to go binge watch a crime show for an hour, right? That was my reward. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really that, it really is simple. It just takes like all things. If it's different, it just takes a little commitment 
to begin to incorporate it and make it part of your regular routine. And then once you do, it's just kind of like, oh, that feels pretty good. I, I want to do that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it makes you know, sense to me. Because, you know, stuff is unavoidable. When I talk about joy, I think people sometimes think I just mean that life is going to be, you know, a, a cartoon. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what analogy I want to use. But like a, just a constantly happy walk through the park. And that's not true. Life still happens. There are things we still must attend to that may not be joyful. I mean, as I said, if my dog poops on the floor, I can't just leave it there. Just because it ain't joyful doesn't mean I leave it there. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yep. that's just what I, I just feel like that's ne- needed. Yeah, I uh, sometimes help with like the systems and processes side of things, too, where it's like, what are the things that you're doing that are um, repeatable mm-hmm. that we can find some automations in that we could reduce some steps to like, um, like you said, all those little things that you do that you don't realize you're repeating over and over again, or that you could just get rid of entirely. It's like, oh, if we just did this or tweak this one piece of this, you know, process over here, then we can take out all the manual steps, or we can just reduce um, right. some of the some of the pieces to the puzzle. So, right. yeah, well, and you know, in a lot of small businesses, even you know, one of my clients, she had a large staff. I mean, she had about twenty people working for her. But they didn't have stuff documented. They didn't have, you mm-hmm. know, like processes that were documented or procedures that have, were written down. And even if you're a solo, having stuff written down, knowing, for an example, like your client onboarding journey, do you have that mm-hmm. written down? Do you have a process? Do you have a step-by-step way that you do that? Um, because if you're saying, well, I can't hire somebody to help me do that, it's probably because it lives in your head and it's not on paper. If it was on paper, you could definitely teach someone how to do it. Yeah. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why I love process and structure. And it's such a natural follow up from doing the joy money micro, you know, you kind of get a feel for everything you're doing and now what do you want to do with it? Right. Mm -hmm. This is all I'm doing. Now, what am I going to do with it? Are you running your business or is your business running you? And, and yeah. how do you want to, how do you want to, you know, make adjustments? Um, Cause who, wow. So many people I've worked with, they have nothing in writing, mm-hmm. which also yeah, means too, when you're yeah, going from solopreneur to, to something else. And like, I, that's, I come across that with probably pretty much every client too, where it's like, if you want to hire someone, you have to have it written down because otherwise you're not saving yourself any time and effort and they're going to lose their marbles because you're just going to be, literally telling them what to do every single minute of every single day, because until they figure it out eventually, right? Like some people can figure it out. Some people's brains work like that and they can, they can make that successful, but a lot of people can't. And so I'm like, you're just going to drive yourself crazy. And then you're never going to know why it didn't work out. Right. Which is part of my story. Like I hired this girl to be a VA. This has been several few, few years ago, but I didn't know what I needed her to do. So I would give her stupid things and, and after a while, it was like, I'm not utilizing her. She cannot feel like she's valued. I don't even know what to tell her to do. I didn't even know what to explain to her to do. And so mm-hmm. that fizzled out and it just didn't really work. And I was back to square one doing everything again. But once I did that JMM a couple years ago with a coach, it was like light bulbs went off. Oh, these are all the things I need her to do. Oh, I just need to establish a process and tell her about it. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> duh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and, you mean they're not also mind readers? Right. right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because I said we need to send some so and so an email, uh, I didn't tell you what needs to be in it. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't tell you why. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It. I've learned a lot. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is actually, uh, so I hate putting the information into the system. So I take a ton of notes. Um, I meet with a lot of people, but I hate putting the information into a CRM or like typing up, like, uh, doing the pot, these questions, like interview questions is brutal. It takes me like three minutes and I'm just like, this is not that difficult. (laughs) Um, but something that I realized that's actually really helpful for me is, um, 
like voice memos. So I'll record a voice memo, like say if I meet with somebody, I'm like, hey, talk to Jennifer, blah, blah, blah. Here's her contact information. This is what I want to remember from the conversation. And this is what I want to follow up with her about in X amount of time. And I send it to my assistant. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into, I was like, oh, God, this is so much better. And then I just get the notifications and I get the tasks and stuff assigned to me. And it's just oh, that yeah. little, I hate putting the information in the mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I, know. Um, I also journal like that sometimes too. Yes, I, ju- I journal a lot, but, uh, and you're so right about all of that because there is nothing, well, I guess I shouldn't say nothing, but when I get an email and I can just put forward with my assistant's name and say, can you take care of this <laughs> and just send, there's a lot of joy there. It's a mm-hmm. lot of joy in that, right? Just, hey, somebody else yeah. can handle it. And I trust her. Like, I trust her to handle it. So, you know, I think that's another aspect of, of getting help, asking for help is really the willingness to accept the help and let go just a little bit. I mean, I, I'm not really a micromanager. I'm more of a, I'm more of, I expect people to be a mind reader. Like here's my grand big idea. And <laughs> you should be able to, to ascertain from this grand big idea what I need you to do. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it took me a while to fig- figure out, you know, can I trust someone? Can I, can I really give this to them? And yeah, you really can. You really can. You just have to take the time to create the process, create the structure, create the job description, you know, understand what you need the person to do. And then once I have found, once you start working together and you get to know each other, then you can most of the time give them more. Because once mm-hmm. they get to know you and your style and how you do things, then I do find that she sometimes is a mind reader. Yeah. Because she exactly. gets me, right? She gets yeah. me. And yeah. now she's like, oh, this came through. I already took care of it because I knew you were going to forward it to me anyway. Like, oh, oh my God. Whoa, that's a lot of joy, girl. So thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> You're the best. Like, thank you so much. Um, but yeah, it does. It takes work and it takes communication. Like you can't you have to spend the time up front and like communicate clearly and follow up and have the accountability. Um, Cause that's the other thing too. Like I've had some clients where we'll get an employee going for them. And then I'm like, what is the deal? Um, and then it turns out they're not doing their job, but then they're also not holding them accountable to it. So I'm like, you have to, you have to hold them accountable, whether it's good, bad or otherwise, or if it's, even if it's just a quick, like, Hey, I noticed um, this happened it seems a little weird. Like I thought we talked about this happening instead or whatever it is. And they're like, Oh yeah. Oops. I misunderstood. Or, Oh, oops. I won't do it right. again. Right. <laughs> you, know? Well, like, you know, coming yeah. from a teaching background, it was often, we would often say you have to ins. And I think this is not like just teaching, but just in general, you have to inspect what you expect. Yeah. So if you've communicated your expectations, you still need to check in. You need to check on it. You need to make sure, you know, we have a meeting. We have a quick check-in call every two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, we do most of our stuff by, you know, like a, a an app, you know, where we put the tasks in and kind of check in yeah. with them and the progress and all that. Um, and, you know, email and all that too. But that bi-weekly call is where we really talk about what we've got going on. What does she still need from me? What, is there anything I'm doing that's preventing her from moving forward and so forth? And sometimes it's me. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's me. I haven't gotten to that yet or I wasn't clear. I didn't explain it enough for her to actually do it. Um, so it's helped me be a better communicator, just being more specific, you know, and that, there's no, there's, that's that's never bad to learn how to be a better communicator. Yeah. Like, there's always value there. Yep. I mean, just in real life. Ooh, <laughs> also. No uh so as an entrepreneur and business owner yourself, what advice would you give fellow business owners when it comes to running their businesses? Oh, ask for help. Like just do, don't try to know and do everything. I try to know just enough about things that are not joyful or that I don't want to do. Like, for example, we've decided we want to use Instagram more. I don't know that much about Instagram. I don't really want to know that much about Instagram. I mean, I'm kind of learning it, but it's not like a huge priority. So my assistant, who is an expert in that, come to find out, I had no idea. She's managing the whole Instagram thing. Mm -hmm. I trust her to do that. 
right? So that's part of it. Ask for help and then trust the help to do what you have hired them to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to second guess her Instagram. I don't know enough about it, but I know enough that I want to use it. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to know every detail of every, every program we use. I need to know the password. So don't hold that from me. <laughs> I feel like in some of my things, I know just enough to be dangerous. Mm-hmm. But part of it is just knowing how to ask the questions, like making sure that what you are expecting is happening, right? I don't have to be an expert on LinkedIn to find out if my assistant posted things when she said she was. Mm-hmm. But if I want her to do more than with that, then she might need to be the expert. I don't know. I just feel like I tried to learn so many things when I first got started that I was constantly in information overload and I didn't really know what to do with any of it. Mm-hmm. Right. It, and it, was undermining because if you're consider yourself a basically smart person, which I think we all are, if, especially for trying to be entrepreneurs, it makes you feel stupid. Mm-hmm. So ask for help so you don't have to feel stupid. I mean, it seems that seems backwards, right? If you ask for help, you're 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 like saying I'm stupid, but that's not true. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, it's uh, like I'm with you on that. I like to know enough to be able to have a conversation about pretty much any of it. Um, And I don't know. I mean, it depends on what the topic is, because there's just so much that I've picked up over time. Um, Like I do know a lot about social media, and that's just because I've done it for so long, and I've done it as a business for forever. So like, yeah, but I also had to learn And it was just one of those things that I'm like, okay, this is going to be important. I need to know. I'm not like, I don't know everything. There's still tons of crap out there, right? Like it's, that's a whole nother beast. But uh, to your point, it's like, you can have an educated conversation about like, what's the message that I'm trying to get out on social media? What do I want people to see? Like, do I need Mm -hmm. to run ads? What do I need to run ads for? Um, Yeah. All those kinds of things. Like that's still stuff that you can communicate Exactly. Uh, without having to know how to do all the little, the finite details. Exactly. Because, you know, if I'm going to hire somebody to work on my SEO, I need to know what keywords are. I need to know what my keywords are, right? I need to have some understanding of what that is and what it's going to do for my business. But I don't have to become an expert and I don't have to manage mm-hmm. it myself. But I need to know enough so that I have a conversation with someone and I can be sure that this person is knowledgeable. This person knows what they're talking about or, or, mm-hmm. or at least be able to make an educated educated enough decision, right? Okay. I know what keywords yeah. are, but I interviewed an SEO person who acted like they didn't know what I was talking about. Okay. Well, I'm not going to hire that person because if I know mm-hmm. what they are and that person doesn't know what they are, we have a problem. <laughs> right. Right. Cause I don't know about that. Um, yeah. And that's like maybe uh, education. Like I love education. I'm learning about new ways to present information and create training and all of that. Um, so yeah, I'm always living in that space. Like you're saying with social mm-hmm. media, I feel like I'm an, I'm definitely an expert in that. Um, but I don't have to know every LMS platform. I don't have to know right. all of that. I can teach you how to make a course, but I don't have to know how to post it and present it and market it and all that. Yeah. Cause there's about a million options. Right. <laughs> on all of it. And exactly. like another million combinations of all the options too, depending on what you use. Cause uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I know. <sighs> yeah. But, um, okay. So uh, what about resources that you wish you had had at the beginning of your journey? Things you maybe knew about. Ooh, things I wish I knew about. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I wish I had known that I could have gotten a virtual assistant I wish I had known I could do it my way. I wish I had known that I don't have to know everything. You know, I I wish I had known that sometimes you just need to suck it up and find the money to pay for it because trying to learn it yourself and doing it the DIY version actually costs more money than just paying somebody in the first place. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, because I found that out on my website. I should have just paid somebody straight up way back when instead of trying to do it myself. Um, cause it's your time equals money. Yeah. Right. I mean, somewhere along the way I met some dude who talked about figure out your hourly rate, like as an entrepreneur, like whatever it kind of equates to and every minute that you spend doing other things, like that's how much it's costing you. So if, 
if I just say $60, $1 a minute, if I spent four hours working on my website, then that's $240 that I didn't earn because I was doing mm-hmm. something, you know, and, and, and I never looked at it that way. Like it didn't, I don't know, the financial pieces of it, I also think would, it would have helped me to know more about how all of it mm-hmm. works together. You know, I'd never even heard the term really ROI. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, here I am trying to make a business and it's like, oh, well, what's your ROI? I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are don't you know. profitable? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, just, just don't, I just don't think. I think now, like my son's in college and they actually have courses and degree degrees on how to be an entrepreneur. And, you know, I took a personal finance class when I was in high school, but that was basically balancing your checkbook, which we don't even use anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice would be don't try to know everything. Just know enough mm-hmm. that, that you're not taking advantage of. Right. That you can make decisions about things, but but don't expect you have to be an expert. Yeah. OK, that's very valid. Um, so how can we best support you? How do we find you? What are you working on? All that good stuff. How do we stalk you on the internet? <laughs> uh, please please stalk me on the internet. You can find me <laughs> practically everywhere. I do have Instagram now. Um, we're That's working good. on growing that. So please follow us on Instagram. Um, all of my links um, are on Linktree now, which I think I gave you. So you can mm-hmm. find me anywhere. Basically, I'm on LinkedIn and my name is unusual. J-A-N-I-F-E-R Wheeler. Um, so if you look for Jennifer or the joyful badass, you're probably going to find me. Um, <laughs> and I do. I am the CEO and founder of the Joyfully Badass Business Academy. And we are we've been, spent most of this summer revamping, rebranding, redesigning and creating things so that they're more beneficial for our clients and customers. And that will launch on September 9th. Um, so if it's, if this airs prior to September 9th, you got something to look forward to. And if you hear this <laughs> after September 9th, then I'm all ready for you. Um, so yeah, just, you know, check it out. Visit, visit my website, visit the Academy, um, spread the word. I love, I love doing podcast interviews. I've been doing a lot of articles and summits lately. So for all, I like to go take a nap when I'm done talking. I like to talk. So. (laughs) Yep. Same. Um, Very cool. Well, thanks for hanging out. I greatly appreciate it. And um, I always love connecting with other business owners and people doing their thing, using their superpowers to help the world be a better place. So that's right. Because all of us have superpowers. All of us do. Every every single one of us. It's a true story. True story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, so thank you, and I'm sure I will be in touch with you soon. Cool. Thank you so much. 